Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into the show. It is your October 16th, 2015 Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time edition. We are going to be previewing the Southeast Division, the final Eastern Conference Division in the NBA. We are on our third day of division previews again. The Southeast Division with the Atlanta Hawks, Wizards, Miami Heat, Charlotte Hornets, and Orlando Magic. We'll be getting into them here shortly. Again, I am your host, Simo Buckets. We got Andrew Norris on the line for our co-host today. We also have, if you want to know more about our show and what we do, SimoBuckets.com is your place to go. Click on the, the radio tab, and you can check out the previous episode and also past podcasts from myself and also things relating to CLNS radio. Also, again, anticipate a longer show today, maybe about 75 minutes like we've been doing. That sounds about right. Again, we are also doing an NBA 2K giveaway, and the question, as always, is, if you've been listening to previous shows, what is the total points scored in the career of Michael Jordan in NBA Finals Game 5? So that is every single Game 5 added up point total-wise. You will get the game. You call in. Again, the phone number would be 323-642-1558. That is the phone number. And, again, if you'd like to tweet us, just go to cmobuckets.com and find the answer. Today is Friday. And that means from here on out, for the rest of the NBA season, we will be doing NFL picks. Today is week six. Well, this week is week six of the NFL. It is, again, October 16th. We had our Thursday night game last night, but away from the Thursday night game. We'll make our picks. Andrew's got some picks for us. Andrew, what do you got for us? All right. First, uh, just to kind of give everybody a layout, it's going to be five games every week against the spread. Um we would love to have a listener on, and a little twist is the listener calls in and gets four out of five or better, we will send them a bumper sticker, a Hooper's Log bumper sticker. We'll get your information after the show. Um, but, and you can call in until the end of the show. Hey, maybe you want to win a bumper sticker and NBA 2K. Call in, answer the question, uh, you know, get four out of five correct, and look at that, you're getting prize sent to your house. Um, but to start, uh, we have the Chargers versus the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are giving ten and a half points. Who you got, Chris? Well, we got a caller on the line real quick. We'll we'll get him on here. Uh, caller, what's your name, caller? Hey, this is Leonard from Sterling Heights, Michigan. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, hometown guy. I, I, hometown guy. Okay, there we go. Cool. 
Um, and you and you want to ask me? I'll I'll answer the question first, and then uh, caller, do you want to do you want to join in on these picks? Oh, absolutely. Hell, heck yeah. Okay, I'll give my pick first. You said Chargers are are getting are they they have a plus ten and a half. You said that's the that's the situation between yep, the Packers and the Chargers. Ah, uh, you know what? Yep. I, I'll I'll take. I think I'll take the Chargers from the standpoint of look, the Packers. They've been playing really well this season. I mean, there's going to be a let up at some point. I mean, not maybe not a loss per se, but maybe a closer game than we expect. I think the Chargers will hang in tough and maybe make it a ten point seven point game. What do you got, caller? I don't know, man. Chargers getting ten ten points against the Pack. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to light it up either way. I just don't think it's going to be enough to cover ten. I think I'm going to go with Chargers in the points. All right, I am. All right. I, I've seen Aaron Rodgers throw up a couple of not duds, but by his standards, duds the last few weeks. Uh, I got Green Bay by twenty plus. I'm going Green Bay. All right, and this one I'm going to give to Leonard first. We got Cincinnati giving three to the Bills. Who you got, Leonard? Cincinnati could give 15 to the Bills and still cover. I'm taking Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm going to take Cincinnati as well. Uh, The problem, though, I can see potentially happening, and I looked at this game right before we came on the air. Buffalo is a very good defensive team. Now, recently they haven't been putting up the defensive numbers that they've wanted to show, but if you want to be 100% honest, I mean, they just played a team in the Seattle Seahawks down 24-7 to at one point, and they came back and won. What is that? That just has got to give them all kinds of confidence to just absolutely dominate the Bills. i got to go with Cincinnati as well. Yeah, I'm going Cincy. Uh, if, if Tyrod Taylor was in this game, it would be a little bit closer, but uh, with D.J. Manuel probably playing, it's blowout city. Okay, next we got uh, Chris's hometown Seahawks giving – Seven points to the Panthers. Uh, Chris, we'll go to you first. What do you got? Okay, so for the record, for all those out there, I am not a Seahawks fan. I've lived here. I've been lived here since I was born in 1990, pretty much, and uh, I haven't been a fan since because back in the day, for those of you that don't know, people didn't go to Seahawks games. Games were blacked out every other week, kind of like what it's like in Detroit. Um, but no, no, no. I hope you guys don't take that offensive. Uh, but uh, I, I do not. I. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Seahawks for multiple reasons, and it's even more evident today with the amount of bandwagon fans. So, anyway, uh, I will give my pick, and I think Carolina will come in and play some solid defense and make this a closer game than a seven-point spread. I understand the seven-point spread considering it's in CenturyLink Field. That is a tough place to play for any team, but Carolina has a stout defense, and I think they can hold strong against the Seahawks. Hi, Leonard. What about you? Who's getting the points in this game? Uh, The... Panthers are getting seven. The Panthers are getting seven. Ah, okay. I mean, when you're when your best running back on your team is your quarterback, I can't really give you much credit. I mean, their defense is solid. I just I think Seattle's going to run away with it. I'll take Seattle. All right, I I am going with Carolina here. Uh, Seahawks just just don't look good to me. They they've had a few good quarters. But really, other than that, you know, I think the Panthers could actually go out with this one outright. All right, uh, the next, next one. Yeah. Me and Leonard's hometown Lions are giving three points to the Chicago Bears. This one is in Ford Field. Uh, Leonard, we'll go to you first. What do you got? And this may be homerism. Not sure, but, man, uh, 
Rough on five start. I gotta take the Lions getting three. Lions. I, I mean, they are not as bad as what the record dictates. I mean, granted, they have a lot of injuries on defense and a lot of, uh, well, I'll say lack of defense. Uh, but they got to pull one of these out, man. I'm gonna take the Lions this week. All right, Chris, who you got? Are they in Chicago? No, they're they're in Detroit. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that kind of changes my opinion, but I'm still going to go with the, the Bears on the plus three. I think the Lions will win the game, and it'll be close. But I'm a Vikings fan, and I've been a Vikings fan since I was very young. And knowing that this this division is always tough when teams play in or you know in in the division, I, I think the Bears could win this game outright. To be honest, uh, the Lions just good. I mean, it's something in the water there in Detroit right now for you guys, and it's unfortunate because you guys have such a talented offense. Um, and the defense was great a couple of years ago and even last year, but it's just something's going on in in in, uh, in Detroit, and I think I think the uh, I think the Bears are going to come out and and get their get their other, get the next win of the season. Yeah, uh, Man, that's rough. As we learned on Wednesday's show, I am the ultimate homer, uh, but in this case, I don't really think I'm being a homer. Uh, I think I think the Bears are beyond lucky to have two wins. Um, you know, I think the Lions take this one, and by a little bit, you know, the Lions are angry. Uh, it's it, it could be a ugly game for the Bears. All right, and last but not least, uh, probably the most talked about game this week, we got the Pats are giving nine points to the Colts, and from what I'm hearing, I do believe Andrew Luck is going to be back. Chris, we'll go to you first here. Well, considering we're on CLNS Radio and we are promoting everything Boston and uh, all that, let, let's let's uh, honestly. This this point spread is ridiculous. Nine points is not okay. Uh, have you been watching the Patriots lately? I mean, again, I'm not being a homer for CLNS, but let's be honest. The Colts have looked awful. I have Andrew Luck. I had. I had. This is to give you an idea of what Andrew Luck has turned into in fantasy. I had Andrew Luck on my fantasy team. I traded him away because he has looked like straight dog poo. The guy went from a top five quarterback in the NFL to now he's getting traded in fantasy leagues and even released in some leagues. The guy is not playing like at the quarterback we've all expected him to become. The offense is shoddy. They have a couple of pieces in Dante Moncrief and a couple of other guys. They're, they're okay. Their offense cannot hang with the, the New England offense. It's just, it's just that obvious. And Tom Brady is probably just going to light them up for more than what the, what the limit is. I, I think they're going to beat them by two touchdowns on easy clip. I think the Patriots dominate in this ballgame. All right, Leonard, what about you? I, I agree. I mean, it's I, – and I'll preface this by saying I absolutely hate the Patriots. So, everybody out there, right. apologize ahead of time. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it is kind of hard to say that Tom Brady is not going to light everyone up this year. It doesn't matter who they're playing. He's going to light everyone up. It's, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Pats. Uh, this one is so hard for me. Uh, like Chris said, uh, uh, you know, Boston. So I think I might be the anti-hero on this game with, you know, my how much I despise the Patriots, Boston fans. You know, you guys probably aren't too fond of me when it comes to football. But, you know, I think I think it's pretty easy. I'm going past as well. We got a clean sweep on that one. Okay, so we got a clean sweep on the Pat, and that's it. The rest of them, you know, we are – kind of all over the place. So, Leonard, first things first, uh, after 
Sunday. I don't think any of these games are Monday night. Uh, after the final game is played, the wins and losses, four out of five or better, get you a bumper sticker. And before we let you go here, first of all, we appreciate you calling in, appreciate your picks. Do you have a guest? I don't, I don't know if you heard. We are doing an NBA 2K16 giveaway. Do you have a guest? The question is, how many points did Michael Jordan score in the Game 5 of NBA Finals in his career? All the Game 5 combined. All Game 5 combined? Wow. Yeah. Uh, game 5, Game 5. I mean, yeah, yeah, safe bet would be 30 average each game. Either what? So, uh, so we'll say 206. Whoa, that's really Chris? close. Uh, you got you got really close, man. Uh, the there, it, it, it's not that, but you're very close. Sorry, uh, it's it's a different answer. I can't give it out obviously because we're still doing the giveaway. But you're very very close. I'll give you that. So, um, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's worth it's worth a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, do you want to – Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I said, do you want to stay on the air, Leonard, or are you going to go, or what's the – Oh, yeah, yeah, I might have to take off. All right. All okay, right thank we... you, Leonard, so yeah, much. Man. All right, man, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let's get into our preview, shall we? We got the Southeast Conf- or Southeast Division here. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. The Atlanta Hawks last year ran away with this division, or should I say uh, they, they just absolutely obliterated this division unexpectedly. Uh, last season, the Atlanta Hawks were a team that came in. Uh, people were on the precipice of saying they were a, a fringe eighth seed, seventh seed type of team, considering what they did the year before getting them. I think it was the sixth seed in 2014. Um this team really got off to a hot start. And and to be honest, it was unexpected. They really overachieved last year. Now that's not to knock any fans who are of the Atlanta Hawks or anything of that nature. This team last season was outstanding Uh, from a team perspective. They were unbelievable. I can't knock the fact that Mike Budenholzer truly was one of the top coaches in the NBA. That's why he won coach of the year guy deservedly. So deserved it. He's going into his third season with this team. And if anything, this team got better on the bench they, they they downgraded a little bit in the starting lineup, but they're pretty much the same team coming back. Al Horford's coming back. He's one of the better small big men in the league. Paul Millsap, obviously one of the more fundamental players. He got paid this offseason. Who knows that, that who knows how that that's gonna impact him this year. Tabo Sevalosha or Bazemore, Kent Bazemore, one of the two are gonna start in place of uh, the loss of uh Damari Carroll since he's gone to Toronto. Uh, Kyle Korver is back again. He's shooting three-pointers. Jeff Teague is back again, a quick point guard, an all-star from a year ago. They also added a couple, uh, one guy in uh, Tiago Splitter, a center, a big man, finally a true big man in Tiago Splitter, a fundamental guy who can really bring a championship mentality to this squad and hopefully get them over the hump this season. Dennis Schroeder, again, another guy, an NBA 2K favorite, a speed guy who can really get you some buckets in the game. Trust me, if you play NBA 2K15 or 16, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Tim Hardaway Jr., a pickup from the Knicks, 
a solid pickup considering Kyle Korver has shown some ailingness with his injuries over the last couple of years. He can fill in nicely for Kyle Korver. Shelvin Mack, again, guy who kind of came out of nowhere off the bench for the Atlanta Hawks. He proved himself to be a solid guy off the bench with Dennis Schroeder. Mike Scott, another power forward guy who can come in as well. Mike Muscala, another solid pickup. And Justin Holiday. This team is rather balanced out. They really don't have any weaknesses. You can say the one weakness they have now is at the small forward position, but I think Tabo Savalosha, with his ability to come in and play a couple of minutes, and Kent Bazemore showed off the bench last year that he can provide a, a solid amount of time for the Atlanta Hawks. This team's coming in loaded again, and, and, but the, the issue I have, and let me remind people of this, in 2015, 20, 2014, 2015 for this team, they reminded me a lot, and I don't want to use a different sport analogy for those of you who aren't really experts at other sports, but this team reminded me a lot of the Seattle Mariners in 2001, a team that really overachieved, played unbelievable basketball considering the talent that they had. We, it's just that their true colors showed in the NBA playoffs, especially when they played Cleveland. This team's really good, a really good regular season team, a team that can grind out wins. They just don't have that one mega ultra superstar. They have a bunch of guys who played a career year last year and a great team that can combine and compete and win, like I said, 50, 60 games every season. But when it comes to the postseason, that go-to guy, especially with Damari Carroll now gone, they don't necessarily have that. You can make the case Jeff Teague's that guy. You can make the case Paul Millsap and Al Horford can make those moves this year coming into this season. But let me remind people, from Black Friday of 2014 till Super Bowl 49, this team went an astounding 33-2. and two. This team lost two games between November 28, 2014 to February 1, 2015. That's a long time. That is a very long stretch of incredible basketball. Obviously, if you remember, they had five players of the month for the Eastern Conference as they went undefeated in January. They went 17-0 in January this year. Obviously, 19 in a row at one point. They only had, and this is another incredible mark, from Black Friday, November 28, 2014, to March 6th. I'm talking like a week before Selection Sunday. From basically Thanksgiving till March 6th, this team lost six games. They went 42-6 and six in a 48-game span. That's not going to happen again. I'm sorry. That, that If that happens again and they prove me wrong and they do it one more time, I'll, I'm, I'm going to start wondering what is Mike Budenholzer doing after Thanksgiving. What is he feeding these guys? That, that's an incredible clip team that was unexpected to do so. And granted, maybe they just wanted to prove to the world. Maybe they wanted to just show that they are real and legit. I mean, they proved it. They were the one seed in the Eastern Conference last year. Obviously, the, the Cavs struggled early, and they took advantage of that. But this was a team that showed that a hot start can get you far into the playoffs, at least, and give you a favoritism and give you some favorite matchups heading in. The only questions I have, again, Damari Carroll is gone. He was a major contributor for them in the postseason last year. I mean, look at how he defended LeBron James. Look at how he defended some of the other big players on other teams that they played in the playoffs last season. Again, they overachieved. But to be honest, this is still a good regular season team. What do you think of the loss of Damari Carroll there? And what's your take on this Atlanta Hawks team coming into this season, Andrew? Uh, I think the loss of Damari Carroll is going to play huge for this team. Uh, they, you know, like you said, some nice additions. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. They got Tiago Splitter. But uh, Damari Carroll was, this team has a lot, a lot of guys who, if on any other team, they'd be considered the heartbeat. 
But Damari Carroll was really that guy, in my opinion, along with Al Horford, that really pushed this team to the next level. Uh, you know, in, in a game where it was close, uh, he would do all the right little things. He's He reminds me a lot, a lot of Draymond Green. Different style of play, but different, same style of hustle, same style of fundamentals, just doing everything right. You know, the loss to Mari Carroll, I think, looms huge. Kyle Korver had a career year last year. I don't think he'll match that. Jeff Teague, career year last year. I don't think he'll match that. You know, I think this team still a good team, uh, not a 60-win team. You know, maybe even I'd say probably not a 50-win team. They'll get close, but I think they'll yeah. be a little bit short of 50 wins, somewhere in the 47, 48, 49 range. But they they all of a sudden look a lot more vulnerable, even in the regular season. Uh, you know, Dabo Sabalosa coming off an injury, he's going to be in the starting lineup. He, you know, he's a he's an average NBA player. Kyle Korver is a year older. Jeff Teague, who knows if he's going to keep improving like he did last year. Uh, it's definitely an interesting team uh, with one of the best coaches in the entire NBA. But you know, the production they had last year. I would give it less than a 5% chance that they match. And the thing that this team reminds me a lot this year, they remind me of, again, kind of like the, uh, we were talking about uh, the Boston Celtics. And I think we were talking about another team from the previous division. And I mentioned how this team is a lot like the Boston Celtics. They have a bunch of really good pieces and there's really no weaknesses on this team. I mean, you can make the case that, a lot of these guys, Dennis Schroeder could start for half the teams in the league. Tiago Splitter could start on many teams as a center. He might even start this year. Al Horford, again, all-star. He's a great He's a great smaller big man. Paul Millsap, one of the more fundamental players in the league. Jeff Teague, again, would start for maybe probably all teams in the NBA. He's that good. Not all, but majority of the teams in the NBA. Kyle Korver, you can come off the bench and shoot three-pointers for anybody and maybe even start for most teams in the league. You're talking about a team that has a lot of guys who are very, very good basketball players. Not great, not not amazing. They're just very good. And that team combined for 60 wins last year. Now the, the question is, can they get to 60 wins again? I mean, like you said, that, that was their ceiling. I think they hit their ceiling last year with the team that they have. And now that they've lost Damari Carroll, it does decrease some games on top of the fact you're not going to get this kind of performance from everybody again. You're not going to win 33 games in a in a 35 game stretch it's not going to happen again with this team and if it does obviously we'll be proven wrong and they'll prove us that obviously it can be done but uh, that that circumstance was rare and that circumstance is very is, is unexpected and shouldn't be expected if you if you looked at a more realistic perspective from black friday to super bowl 49 that team if they would have gone if they just would have gone 23 and 12 which is still very good that's a very good stretch of basketball you're looking at a 50 and 22 team you're looking at a middle of the pack basketball team it's that difference from the fringe of what this team is looking like. And so um, I'm thinking that coming into this season, again, windows closing, I think, on this team a little bit outside of Paul Millsap, who's here for another couple of years with his contract. This team really has a lot of free agents coming in over the next couple of seasons. I mean, this this could be one of the years where they need to make that step to potentially become a fringe Eastern Conference team. They don't have – the punch to compete for a title, but they will win a lot of games. And with the system they have put together, it just depends on how many wins they'll get. Again, I agree with you. I think a fringe 50-win team, 55-win team is asking a little bit too much now, especially with the loss of Damari Carroll. You're looking at an average 
middle of the pack Southeast division team. And, and again, I don't want to knock what they did last year. Last year, what they did was outstanding. They were a top five team in the NBA last year. No questions asked, but everything clicked. I mean, everything clicked for this team. And there are a lot of teams in the NBA where if everything clicks, they're going to do exactly what the Atlanta Hawks did. And that's what the Hawks did last season. Yeah, they're, they're, they're an interesting case, but you know, they, you know, they, they didn't just reach their ceiling last year. They busted through that ceiling and went about 30 feet in the sky. Um, It's, it's, it's a team that, you know, could, could digress, you know, I, I really, and I know this might sound bigger, they could fall further back, you know, than any other team in the NBA this year. Well, it wouldn't be shocking considering the team won 60 games a year ago. And, again, they were only projected to win about 45, be a middle below pack team in the Eastern Conference, maybe even only finish uh, in the seventh or eighth spot, maybe. I mean, they were projected to miss the playoffs last year, and they got the first seat. So, yeah, it, it could easily happen. And, and, again, I think Jeff Teague's legit. I think that Jeff Teague is one of the more legit superstars in the league. Outside of that, Paul Millsap's a great piece. He is worth the money that he got. Al Horford is, a, is an all-star, but he's small. Outside of that, it's just, it's just a lot like, it's a lot like the Boston Celtics. And, again, not to just reiterate the fact that we're on CLNS, but it just is. They're a lot like the Boston Celtics. They just had everything click last season – and obviously, a lot of their players just played career years. And that, that if you think that's going to be the case again, you're sorely mistaken. Again, you're listening to CLNS Radio, our preview for the Southeast Division. We'll be back here shortly, and we're going to talk about um, probably the – I wouldn't say the favorites in this division. This division, to be honest, is really up in the air. Again, Atlanta won 60 last year. They, hit, they busted through their ceiling, like we said. Washington underperformed a little bit last year. Miami clearly – was hurt and had a bunch of things go wrong their way, did not go their way last season. Then they had a guy come out of nowhere and perform much better. Obviously, Charlotte is still rebuilding. They're, they're getting a little better, and obviously Orlando has the talent to pretty much do what Atlanta did this season, which is hit their ceiling. Again, we'll be back in a break shortly. Again, if you want to win the NBA 2K game, listen to the questions from previous shows and earlier on uh, from this show. We're going to go to a break. We'll be back very shortly. Forever ignore. You made me what I am 
They gon' like you a little different when you at the top. First, give me love, baby. Not enough, not enough. Just touch, baby. podcast thank you again for listening if you're listening live again call in if you'd like to talk about anyone in the southeast comp southeast division i don't know why i keep saying southeast conference college football everywhere uh 323-642-1558 is the number if you'd like to call in and talk about one of these teams again wale obviously we're going to talk about the washington wizards that's his team that's where he's from dc we're going to talk about them this is an interesting team coming into this year considering they lost considering they lost Paul Pierce. And again, what did Paul Pierce really do for them? I mean, he was a closer. He was really the Mariano Rivera for that team. And now that he's gone, it's really just John Wall and Bradley Beal. Hopefully Brad- Bradley Beal stays healthy. But it's really just John Wall and Bradley Beal running the show at this point. I mean, Marcin Gortat is one of the better offensive rebounders in the NBA by far. Um, outside of that, he'll, he'll get you some buckets, but he's not anything special outside of getting offensive rebounds and Obviously, rebounding in general. Nene can rebound both ways. 
it doesn't really matter, but he's not much of a threat anymore either. Otto Porter has to step up this season to become something relevant in the NBA. The guy has been known to be a solid bench player, but outside of that, he's he's not a good starter. He's not a good guy to fit into the small forward position. He's been outstanding off the bench, but outside of that, he, he only gets some spot time. Outside of that, he's not nothing to look at when it comes to the starting position for the Washington Wizards. Also, um, Jared Dudley uh, could also start for the Washington Wizards in Otto Porter's spot. It all depends on who they decide to start at the small forward position. It's going to be a, a, a swinging door at the small forward position this year, considering Paul Pierce is out. And even though Paul Pierce was out uh, midway through the season last year because of his age and just, just injuries and just being older in general, I mean, you knew that he was going to miss most of the season last year just on based on that alone. But that's the one leaning gap that they have is the small forward position. We know Bradley Bill and John Wall. John Wall is an ultra superstar that's the top. That's a top three backcourt in the NBA. You can make the case that it's probably the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference if all goes well for them. They have a, they picked up some guys off the bench off, off free agency this year. They got a guy in Gary Neal, shooting who can shoot three pointers, and he's been on the on a championship contending team in the San Antonio Spurs. They got Chris Humphreys, who will get you a rebound. Nothing special, who gets you rebounds. Uh, Ramon Sessions, he picked up his game last year immensely. The guy can come in and perform and play and pick up right where John Wall left off, and that's saying a lot considering John Wall is one of the better, uh, if not one of the top five point guards in the NBA, and that's debatable considering how deep the point guard is in the NBA right now. They also got Garrett Temple, another point guard who can come in and give you some spot duty in case Ramon Sessions can't perform. Dewan Blair has obviously had some injuries in the past, but if he can put it together, he can grab you some rebounds from time to time. Drew Gooden is up there in age. Allen Anderson picked up from the net. This bench is this bench is an eh. It's an it's an eh bench. It's not gonna gonna come out and perform incredibly. If everyone comes out and has a career year, who knows? And then you got the rookie in Kelly Oubre Jr. who Made some comments in the NBA draft that were kind of rubbed people the wrong way. The guy has an ego that is that, that just rubs you the wrong way, but maybe they need that. Maybe if Kelly Oubre Jr. comes out and performs well early on in the season, he can fill in for that small forward position and give them that extra oomph that they need to get over the top. If he can, who knows? This Washington Wizards team could become a legit force, but it's really, as you can see, Randy Whitman as the head coach, fourth season in the NBA, Bradley Beal and John Wall really are running the show i mean so much promise on this team but really it's, it just comes down to health and can that bench step up and obviously as you can tell talking about the small forward position having its holes if kelly Oubre jr can't step up or jared dudley or Otto porter can't fill in for that spot guess who's they're just staring down the gun barrel for kevin durant to come to washington dc in 2016 and maybe even come in as a rental player this season who knows the real question is I have for you, Andrew, as you can give your take on the Washington Wizards. Can this bench support the starting lineup this year? I mean, I like Ramon Sessions. Outside of that, it really is a bunch of guys that are just older, unproven, guys that haven't proven to do much off the bench or and on other teams in general. What do you think about this Washington Wizards team? Yeah, the, the frustrating part about this team is, you know, you saw this team struggle as far as the bench goes last year. Um, so, you know, they went out and they got a couple guys in Jared Dudley and Gary Dancer, good players. Um, but when you're losing Paul Pierce, Kevin Ferrison, and Andre Hiller, you know, they're more filling voids than growing you from the point you were at last year. This is a Eastern Conference semifinals team whose management up top feels that Gary Neal and Jared Dudley is what they need to get them over the hump. Unless they know Kevin Durant's walking 
through that door at the trade deadline this year. Uh, it, it's just it was it was a terrible terrible off season for them. Like I said, good pieces they added. Those two, Kelly Oubre Jr., uh, Aaron White. I don't know if he's going to make the roster out of Iowa. I don't know how he's playing. I haven't heard anything. Um, these are these are pieces that would fit good if they added a, a true six man, the guy who can go out. And, you know, like we talked about uh, Wednesday, like a Rodney Stuckey type six man. That that is one huge thing this team is missing. Uh, this bench with Ramon Sessions is a good player. Jared Dudley, good player. Alan Anderson, not bad. Uh, it's not a terrible bench, but you just feel like they could have went out this off season and took the next step from not a not a not a terrible bench to a pretty good bench or a bench that can support a championship team, which they never did. They never tried to do. Um, and that that's going to come back to really bite them bite them in the butt this year. Uh, you know, I. I I see them floating around what they did last year. You know, anywhere from 45 to 52 wins seems like it's a good range for them. Uh, it's it's a really good team. It's healthy. Uh, you know, if, if John Walsh, he, he's been better, better by injuries his whole entire career. You know, if he misses 20, 30 games, this is a team that could just miss the playoffs altogether. Gortat hasn't done anything and you know, since he got the big you know, with all the potential he has, we still haven't seen a even close to an all star version of Bradley Beal. Uh Martel Webster, you know, an average NBA player. So if John Wall is not orchestrating everything for this team, they could see some huge problems. Uh I, I, I you know, I w- it wouldn't be shocked if they digressed last year just because, you know, of people getting older and the benches saying about the same and people just, you know, not not being as good as they were. If you look at a guy like John Wall is great and he really should only get better, but you're asking this guy, if you want to be in the top three seeds in the East, he probably has to put up Chris Paul type numbers. He's great. I don't know if he's capable of that. Kelly Oubre Jr. is going to have a big role. From what I've seen of him, he does not look like he's going to be a very good NBA player. I don't want to make that assumption where, what, five games into the preseason, that's not fair to him or that organization. But just from what I've seen, that's kind of the feel you're getting. Uh, It's a team that you're not going to really want to watch every night, especially when John Wall's taking a break. Uh, The backcourt's exciting. The the down low, it just makes you want to cry how boring it is. it's very fundamental, which I like personally, but the average fan, I think, I really like. Um, I see this team finishing anywhere from the fourth to the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. And there's there's so many other questions going forward as well. I mean, and you mentioned the health of John Wall. He also has some health. He's had health issues over the over the past that could easily hinder this team. I mean, he has that kind of impact on this team. Bradley Beal. Last year was was unhealthy. A couple years before that, he was unhealthy. Bradley Beal has to stay healthy to keep this team afloat. He really does. Um, and like you said, you haven't seen a, a, a true all-star type of season from a guy like Bradley Beal. Well, I, I think Bradley Beal is, if not one of the best shooters in the NBA when healthy. It's just he's just that good shooting the basketball. He's fundamental. He is what you want to teach your child how to shoot if you want to teach them to play the game of basketball. He is that fundamental of a player. Um, and I think he's, he can make the next step. He just needs to stay healthy and have the opportunity to grow in this league and actually play on a night-in and night-out basis. Who will close games this season? 
Paul Pierce is gone. They've lost that. No one's going to close games for them this year unless you're asking John Wall to literally do everything. That's not the case. Also, another scary thing coming up. You got six of your 12 you know, main guys on this team are going to be free agents next year. Bradley Beal's a free agent next summer. Nene's a free agent next summer. Jared Dudley's a free agent next summer. Allen Anderson's a free agent next summer. Ramon Sessions is a free agent next summer. And Gary Neal only signed a one-year deal, or I think it was a three-year deal with Minnesota, but he's, but he's going to be a free agent next summer. I mean, you're talking about guys that are very important to this structure, this organization, who are going to be free agents. And if you want to get Kevin Durant walking through that door, you can't sell this team to him if you're going to lose Bradley Beal. Nene, Ramon Sessions. You're, you're not going to sell him John Wall and a bunch of scrubs. It's not going to work. And, and could they win? Absolutely. Kevin Durant's going to boost you about 10, 15 wins automatically. He's going to do that. But it's not, they're not going to win in the postseason if Kevin Durant comes and they have John Wall and Kevin Durant and Gary Neal and Marcin Gortat and Drew Gooden. You're not you're not gonna do much with that team, especially with a terrible bench. That's just that's just the the nature of the beast. And like you said, you brought up some good points on Kelly Oubre. I didn't know what this guy's looking like. I don't know what ultimately he wants to do. He says he wants to be a great player. I mean, again, preseason we don't really know what to expect. We get a little bit of a hint of what to expect, but on the whole, for all we know, he could just be going through some growing pains in the preseason. And hopefully, he goes through them now because if he doesn't he will look like a terribly made, you know, pick for the Washington Wizards when it comes to this upcoming season because he is projected to be a guy to be a really good NBA player. That's just what he's been projected to be. And if he can't, then that's going to be a giant mess for the Washington Wizards, especially with all these guys coming in as free agents next year. That could change the mindset of this team if they get off to a slow start, and that could be seriously disastrous for this team if that becomes the case. I agree with you, though. I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're an Eastern Conference title contender, but they can get any kind of help from someone to step up. You know, let's say if Kelly Oubre does step up. Let's say Otto Porter steps up and he finally turns into a fundamental. He's fundamental, but if he turns into a player that can finally get some buckets somewhere around the court, Jared Dudley can find a way to come in and step up as a bench player. If someone steps up, they will be in the middle of the pack like they were last year. Expect them to be the same thing, but again, Expect Kevin Durant to get – this is going to be the same subject for the rest of the year. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is going to be talked about all the way up until 2016, and those discussions will heat up daily. Every single day throughout the regular season, that discussion will heat up more and more. And if this team gets off to a slow start, expect it to truly start heating up earlier than we expected. So that's kind of what we expect from the Washington Wizards. And the next team I want to get to, anything else you want to say on the Washington Wizards real quick before we move on, Andrew? Uh, I'm I'm ready to move on here. They're you know they're interesting. Uh, they, they'll they'll really draw my attention this year uh, as far as if they're going to really progress and take that next step. If John Wall can be a true true superstar, uh, or if they're going to regress a little bit. Well, to me, John Wall is a superstar. I mean, I got a pair of his shoes in my house, and seriously, quick ain't fair. Those shoes are light as heck, and this guy is when he puts it all together, is one of the quickest, if not the quickest player in the league. And like you said, he has some health problems. But the guy, in my opinion, is a superstar. But he, again, he can always get better, and he still will get better, uh, I believe, day in and day out, because that's just the kind of player he is. The next team I wanted to talk about was the Orlando Magic. Now, the Orlando Magic, uh, this, is, this team reminds me, this team is a lot like Indiana. I'm as, I am very excited for this team, but on a different level. Not on a level of them contending, on a level of them 
seeing a, 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 a picture brighter than this season. This team has probably the scariest future of any team, and I'm talking scary as in they can really do some damage down the road. They remind me a lot of what the Timberwolves are, gonna be, are doing right now. They're reminding me a lot of what Oklahoma City did about five years ago when they were rebuilding. They remind me of a lot. And they brought in a new no-nonsense head coach and a guy in Scott Skiles, a former Orlando Magic player himself. This is his first year coming in, no-nonsense type of mentality. They have a fringe all-star superstar player in Nikola Vucevic, a guy who's getting better every single year, a double-double machine on a nightly basis in the NBA last year. He had some outstanding performances last year, multiple times where he had 30 points and 15 rebounds. This guy was a monster last season. Aaron Gordon offensively is one of the better power forwards in the NBA, and he's only in his second or third season in the league. The guy is getting better every year offensively, defensively. He still has some question marks, but offensively he's only getting better with time. Tobias Harris signed a big-time contract with the Orlando Magic this offseason at the small forward position. I'm still upset, Andrew, that Justice Winslow wasn't picked up. Now, I know you like Mario Herzogna, and I've actually kind of grown fond of him a little bit over time. And I think he's going to step up and play a major role, maybe even start for this team, especially be a major role off the bench, and he needs to to help this team improve this season. Victor Oladipo, he's getting better every single year. He is getting better every single year, and I don't think I would have actually expected that from him considering the the school he came from, which is Indiana. I actually thought Victor Oladipo would be a solid NBA player. He's turning into a fringe all-star. Every single year he's getting better. Alfred Payton, make of what you want of this guy. He started off the season very slow. He he was just purely an assist guy at the beginning of the year, maybe getting you a bucket or two throughout the game. By the end of the year, this guy was rack, racking up triple-doubles like it was nothing. I think he had four triple-doubles by the end of the season. The guy had all of those by the end of the year. And if he can do that throughout the season and improve this year and become that and make that a regular thing, you're talking about an Orlando Magic team that will make steps beyond any, what, any of anyone else what you can expect. This team will make the biggest leap in the NBA this season. And, again, I know Indiana will make a bigger leap because they have more talent and they have a better overall team that can perform now. But from a talent perspective and from a growth perspective, Orlando will step up and make the biggest jump and the biggest expectation jump going into next season if they can do all the things that I'm saying right now. Alfred Payton, if he plays like he did in April, March, like he did last season, this team will automatically improve by 10 games, which is 35 wins. It'll, it'll happen. It'll just happen because Alfred Payton showed that kind of promise last season. They have a solid bench. C.J. Watson, point guard, he came, back from, he came from Indiana, going to the bench for the Orlando Magic. A guy who can come in and play some solid minutes for you, 15, 20 minutes, and perform a great deal of, of, of you know, take off some pressure off the bench to come in and play a solid game. You got Mario Hazonia, a guy who showed some serious athleticism in the, in the uh, spring training or in the uh, summer league. He showed outstanding promise. Evan Fournier, a guy who can come in and score for you off the bench for five, ten minutes of ball game. Jason Smith, a guy from the Knicks who can get your rebounds. He's nothing special. He is nothing special. He's a guy that will get you five rebounds and walk away. That's all you need if you get the guy off the bench. He'll get you that. Channing Frye, when he was in Phoenix, he performed some games that were eye-popping. Channing Frye can come off the bench and give you some solid minutes and take over for Aaron Gordon. He might even start in place of Aaron Gordon in certain parts of the season. Channing Frye is a pretty solid option off the bench. Shabazz Napier, I haven't seen much promise from him off the bench. I haven't seen him really improve a bunch. But if he can keep progressing and get a little better, who knows? He might help 
outperform and help C.J. Watson and Alfred Payton out sometimes late in the year. He might give you five minutes of some solid basketball, and that's all they really need from him right now. Andrew Nicholson, another guy who's getting a little bit better. Nothing special, but getting a little better. And then Dwayne Dedman, another big man who's getting a little better. They're not – again, they're not going to go I, – I don't think they'll make the postseason this year. Could they? Yes, they could make the postseason this year. They could be an eighth seed. They could. They could. They could make it because of the talent they possess. They're not going to be anything special right now. But I'm telling you, if someone steps up, if, if one guy gets better, Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, Nikola Vucevic, which Nikola Vucevic might be at his ceiling, but if Victor Oladipo gets better, Alfred Payton gets better, that bench steps up with Mario Hazonia, you're talking about a team that down the road could win 45, 50 games. Not this year, but in the future. This is a year where they really make that step with their new coach, no nonsense, no nonsense coach, and try to shoot for 40 wins. Shoot for it. Not get it, but shoot for it. That's their goal, is to become a 40-win team and start putting eyeballs and start really opening up eyes in the NBA about where this team is. Again, I like this team as a dark horse this year. There's, there's nowhere there yet, but Tobias Harris is really the only question at the small forward position. Can he outperform his contract? If he can, this could be a contender in this division, not in, the, not in the Eastern Conference, but in this division. They could scare some teams and put some serious threat into them, at least as a scaring, at least as a, you know, as a team that can ruin some hopes for some teams in this division. I, I like them from a talent perspective, and I think they're going to get there. I mean, again, and I have this question for you, Andrew, can this team make the rise in a Southeast division where everybody else is in flux? I mean, think about it. I mean, you have the Atlanta Hawks, where we just mentioned, can they repeat and do what they did last year? We're, we're skeptical. Well, is Washington really just looking for Kevin Durant? Miami's future is in question. Charlotte is a brand-new team. This team could be the team that could come in and really make some noise. What do you think about the Orlando Magic? First things first, uh, this is the kind of team that makes me absolutely love NBA League fans. Uh, This team is fun, man. I mean, you got the guy who can't shoot the ball at all and out for Peyton who who knows he might come in this season he might have put all the work in he might have locked himself at the gym uh, you got you got a leapfrog and Victor Oladipo you got a very very interesting player Tobias Harris who just signed a 16 million dollar a year contract um, you got a guy who can't play a lick of defense but his offensive rebounding is, is superb in Nikola Vucevic and then you got at, at power forward you got you know, two guys. You got Aaron Gordon, the athletic freak, who can you know he'll bring the ball up and run the point on ten percent of possessions. And you got another big guy who can stand out, shoot for three, get you a few rebounds, and Shannon Fry. Very fun, very fun team to watch. Teams, I don't think they can jump into the playoffs, but I do, I do think they could jump. You know, five, ten, twelve wins to thirty-five to thirty-seven. Uh, I think that's more of their ceiling. Well, uh, realistically, I'm looking at this team going closer to 32, 33 games. But that's just that's one year adding uh, seven, eight wins. That's no joke. Uh, seven, eight wins a year, you know, they're up to 50, 50 wins in three years. And that, that's that's another uh, lottery draft pick to add to this team after this year. And then, you know, the year in 2016, 2017 season, I think this team could be a top five seed in the East uh, just because the talent on this team still has so much room to grow. I can't find a single player on this roster that is under, you know, that, that has not or that has reached their potential yet. Of course, you know, the old guys like Channing Fry, uh, that's really it as far as that goes. But then you got Shabazz Napier, Alfred Payton, my, 
one of my favorite rookies, if not my favorite rookie, Mario Hazonia, Aaron Gordon, Victor Oladipo, Vucevic, Tobias Harris. I mean, it goes on and on, the talent on this team. Uh, their cap situation is good. Uh, you know, you almost wish these guys would have came along a few years earlier as far as cap goes, so they're not going to be signing the $20 million contract. They're going to be signing the $10 million contracts, but, you know, you'll, you'll take it either way. Um, it's a team with with an immense amount of talent. You know, they'll still have games where they're going to end up by by 20, 30 points just because, you know, when you're that young, there's there's games where it just, it just, it just doesn't click. And that's, that's simple. That's expected. Um, you know, I think Mario Hazonio will finish in the top five in the rookie of the year voting. Uh, I think he's that good. I mean, I've seen this guy make some unbelievable plays in the summer league and the preseason so far. The little uh, bounce alley-oop, that was, that was unreal. You know, and they, they really didn't lose anything. They lost Kyle O'Quinn. They added Jason Smith, C.J. Watson, and obviously, like I've been talking about, Mario Hazonia. This, this team only has room to throw. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing that should hold this team back from winning at minimum 30 games. Um, it, it's it's going to be a fun season for Orlando fans. Uh, there's they're, they're going to be a team that loses a lot of close games. That's that's just something that comes along with the the premise of being a young team. But but they play those games and losing those games uh, as long as their coach does his job will be taking taken as a learning experience. You put you put these these young teams through seasons where they're winning 30, 35 games and getting close against these good teams. That's how you turn a, a team from a young, talented team into a veteran great. And I, I really think over the next two, three, four years, that's what's going to happen to this team. But like I said, uh, lower half of the Eastern Conference the following year, I'm seeing 33, 34 wins. And, uh, but they're going to be fun. I'm going to be watching them every night on the Eastern that and with and, and and yeah, I agree with a lot of what you say. I, the one thing I also wanted to ask another question is: is Can Scott Skiles harness this team and give them an identity this season? That's really the only question they have. Is I mean, they got a new coach, and when you get a new coach, that brings the question of where's the identity going to come from? Do you can you do you think you can pinpoint where the identity will come from with this team? They have so many places they can start their identity, but where would it go? Where do you think it might be? Victor Oladipo uh, plays the game the right way. And, you know, there's a lot of these players who play the game the right way. That normally means they're going to go out and average closer to, uh, you know, 13, 14 points, five assists, five rebounds, you know, just doing everything to their best ability. Victor Oladipo does that. He can go out. He can average 20 points. He, he can't average, but he can get you 10 assists. He can get you 10 rebounds. Uh, this, this is a guy who, who sets the tone sets the mindset and really shows, even though he's a young guy, can show the rest of the young guys, this is how you have to do it to become very good to great in the NBA. Well, I'm still frustrated that they didn't draft Justice Winslow, but again, like you said, Hazonia has looked good. It just it just comes down to Skiles really implementing his footprint and finding the strengths on this team. Once he finds that, like you said, a year, two years, Three years away. Uh, give them, give them till 2017, 2018. This team will be if they can stay together, which their contracts state that they can stay together for the next couple of seasons at least. You're talking about a team that if they pick up one more piece and one more guy, you're talking about a team that will contend in the Eastern Conference, especially 
two, three years from now, LeBron's going to start wheedling off. You know, he just will. And there will be other players start wheedling off, maybe even retiring. And this team will kind of pop up and be like, oh, hey, look at us. We have four guys in their prime playing at a superstar level. You're talking about a team that could make that step in the next two, three years, a lot like what Oklahoma City did when they had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. Unfortunately, they didn't all stay together, but if they did, you're talking about an Oklahoma City team that would have won like 90 games. I mean, seriously, they would have won like 90 games in a season. It would have been stupid. But uh, but no, but no. Uh, seriously, though, this, this Orlando Magic team has a lot to grow, and again, I agree with you. They're going to be very fun to watch. One more team before we go to another break. We're going to talk about them real quickly. The Charlotte Hornets. Uh, we're going to leave the we're going to leave the Heat last. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Th- this is MJ's team. He owns this team. Steve Clifford is the head coach. Third season coming in. This team is interesting because they're brand new. They're really a brand new team. I mean, Al Jefferson obviously is going to be a free agent next summer. Uh, he's coming in having something to prove, and he's been a fringe. He's been a good player. I mean, he's a solid get you 10 points, 10 rebounds a game guy. He is a solid center player. If, if you just needed a guy to fill in at the center position, Al Jefferson is the guy. He's fundamental. He's a monster. He, he, is, he is that close to being an all-star. He's never talked about, but he's really good at what he does. The rookie, Frank Comiskey coming in, I really like him. Cody Zeller might actually start at the power forward position, but if Frank Comiskey comes in, he is a solid option at that spot. I have projected him. And this is a very high projection. And this isn't as a career standpoint. This is more of how he plays. He plays a lot like Tim Duncan. Now, he's not going to be Tim Duncan in his career and all that kind of stuff. He's gonna, he plays a lot like him from the footwork fundamental perspective. Frank Kaminsky can do that for you. Will he be that way? Who knows? He's a rookie. He might not even be that way. He may never get to that potential. But he potentially could be a Tim Duncan-type player. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is coming in again. He uh, – taking over, you know, coming in, playing at small forward, maybe even shooting guard, depending upon Nicholas Batum's coming in from Portland off that trade. But he's a free agent next summer, so he has something to prove. Hopefully I can spark him and play like the player he did early on in his career at Portland and not play like the lazy bum that he was there for the last three seasons. Kemba Walker, again, a fringe all-star, a guy who is right there on the cusp of something. And if he can put it together again, he might make the all-star team this year. They have a solid bench now. Jeremy Lin from the Lakers. Tyler Hansbrough from Toronto. Jeremy Lamb from Oklahoma City. Spencer Hawes from the Clippers. This is a whole new team. Marvin Williams, small forward, power forward, play you at the forward position. P.J. Harrison still coming back. Troy Daniels coming back. And again, Aaron Harrison, an unproven, undrafted free agent from Kentucky. A guy who has the spark and who wants to be something great. One of those Harrison twins is going to do something in the NBA, and I can feel it. Maybe not something amazing, but they'll prove to be a solid contributing factor in the NBA. Again, a whole new team. Yet they finally bring promise. They finally, finally bring promise. If they stay healthy, who knows? I mean, again, it's a whole new team. Who knows what their identity is going to be? Who knows what's going to happen? They lost a lot of players last year as well. Mo Williams is gone. Bismack Biombo is gone. Mo Williams went to Cleveland. Bismack Biombo in Toronto. Gary Neal went to Washington. Jason Maxill went overseas. Lance Stevenson went to the Clippers. Gerald Henderson, Portland, and Noah Vonley went to Portland. This is a revamp of an entire team. And for anyone to think that they're going to be anything great from the get-go is strongly mistaken. They have pieces. They have pieces to do some things that are special. But the thing is, is Steve Clifford has to harness that. And Fortunately, he has a lot of older players on this team that can come in and play now and play well. It just now depends on how they're going to click. And I like a lot of their pieces. And honestly, if this team gets one year under their belt and they play well, if this team wins 
35 games this year and they improve and they show that they, they're making steps in progression and they get better throughout the season, I'm telling you, coming into 2016-2017, you're talking about a team that could make the postseason really, really scare some teams. They have the chance to do so. They have the talent. They just, they just, they're just brand new. They're just all new. They, they all literally came from everywhere across the country, and they're brand new. Again, where will this ball? Where will this? Where will the ball go late in games? I mean, that's another question you got to ask. They got three guys that can handle the ball late in games: Kemba Walker, Nicholas Batum, and Al Jefferson can get the ball down low. Frank Kaminsky's a rookie. You know, you got a lot of guys that that have, that can do things. It just depends on how they're going to harness it. Can they create an identity? That's the question. Can they create one? They have a chance to be like the Atlanta Hawks last year and overachieve and be a good team. They just they're just new. What do you think about this team, Andrew? Where do you think they're going this year? Uh, I have a very simple equation for this. Any team that's built by Michael Jordan will not succeed. Um, I, I'm, I know I'm a, I'm a known MJ hater. Uh, not, I, I obviously respect all he did in his career, yada, 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 the normal spiel. He's the greatest to ever step foot on the basketball court as of right now. But this, this team just – it's just not impressive. You have an exciting player in Kemba Walker. Guess what? As much as I hate to say this because he's one of my favorite players, he's going to go out and shoot 43% from the field and 30% from three. He's going to turn the ball over three, four times. Uh, you know, obviously, Michael K. Gilchrist, he's out for the season. Or at least he's projected to be out for the season. They still think there's a small chance after signing that contract. Nicholas Batum, a guy who's had one, maybe two really good uh, seasons in his NBA career. But then, hey, you go and you you give up your first-round pick of the previous year, Noah Vonley. Don't even give him a chance, a, a seven-footer, a chance to fill out his frame and see what he becomes. It's just it's so many questionable decisions are made by Michael Jordan in building this team. It's almost like he hit the reset button. Uh, yeah. If you look, if you look at some yeah. of their draft picks, let's go since 2005. You got 2005. You got Ramon Felton. Not a great pick. In 2006, dude, this might be the best one. Adam Morrison. Okay. 2007, you got Jared Dudley. Again, these are all first-round draft picks under Michael Jordan. 2008, you got T.J. Augustine. Good player. Guess what? Now on the team. 2009, Gerald Henderson. Again, good player. This is probably his best three-year stretch. T.J. Augustine, Gerald Henderson. 2011, you got Kemba Walker. Good player. 2012, Michael K. Gilchrist. Good player. But then, you know, he falls off again. He goes into... He just wants the biggest college name there was coming out that he could get. 2013, Cody Zeller. This guy, he played NBA talent in the tournament that year, and he got absolutely dominated. He fell on everybody's draft board, not named Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan decided to keep him around. He's turned into a decent player at best. Uh, Then 2014, you got Noah Vonley. They got rid of him after a year. They gave a 200-pound, 7-footer a year to turn into an NBA player. First of all, it's unfair, and, and second of all, it's just ridiculous. And then in 2015, you like the guy. I think he's going to get absolutely pounded in the NBA. He won't – he does not have the, the athletic gifts or the physical gifts, period, to, to succeed in my mind, and that's Frank Kaminsky. Ten years ago, this guy coming in, he would have been a threat. Because nobody would have known how to defend him. Now, big men with jump shots aren't an uncommon thing. That's the type of thing that can be defended and can be defended well in this draft. You, you trade Noah Bonley, you get rid of Lance Stevenson's contract, he wasn't working out there, and Gerald Henderson, who's a good player, 
and you get Spencer Hawes and Nicholas Batum, Spencer Hawes is no good, and Nicholas Batum hasn't been good in two years. It, it's it's a bunch of things that just this team, I think they've, they've taken steps away from the playoffs instead of steps towards. Um, you know, and not even that, Nicholas Batum's contract is expiring. Martin Williams' contract is expiring. Uh, you know, it, 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 any other team, people are screaming out, oh, are they tanking? And and the only yeah. reason people think that this team could have had a good off off season is because they're three years ago in the past looking at Nicholas Batum. I remember when he was right. a top 10 fantasy basketball draft pick. Uh, you know, I don't see this team winning more than 30 games. Um, 30 games, I think, is their ceiling. And, you know, they could get carried by Kemba Walker. If he, you know, just to, with the way this guy can play sometimes is is top ten point guards in the league when he's really, really, really on. Uh, Al Jefferson, very good player, but you know he's getting a little. He's getting. I, I don't know how old he is, but he's adding a year. But then you got Marvin Williams in his starting lineup. You got Cody Zeller probably. Most kid Gilchrist now out, out for the season. You decide to sign Jeremy Lin, which is just a news show following you around for a guy who's going to play. 10 minutes to turn the ball over four times. It's just, uh, I, I'm not too impressed with this, with the way this franchise has been handled by Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I, I agree with you for the most part that he really has been reset, pushing the reset button. I mean, I have a list here of all the guys he's gotten rid of after last year, and it really is a head shaker. Like, what is his what is his future? What is his view of this team? Is he really just owning this team to own a team, or is he just or is he really trying to win? And if he's really trying to win, it's it's he's he's getting pieces, but like you said, just wrong timing. Uh, maybe not necessarily the best fits on on certain situations. I, I like Frank Kaminsky. I mean, if you don't, I get it. I really do see it. I could see how he could become a giant flop in the NBA. I could, uh, but I could also see him turning into a guy who has the potential to be great. I mean, it, but again, that's the, that's the vision that Michael Jordan has for this team. And it really just comes down to an identity. And if they can't perform an identity, they will do what you've said, win less than 30 games. That's going to happen. Um, but if they can perform an identity and find something and implement players to their correct spots, this could be a team to be scary. Now, as in like, as in not, not win a playoff, not go to the playoffs, but as in like upset some teams because they have the talent to compete, but it, it again, it comes down to identity, and if they don't find that quickly, then yeah, they're going to struggle quickly, and they're going to struggle fast. Um, if it all comes together, I mean, you're talking about a team that could get, they could. That, their highest ceiling is an eighth spot, highest, kind of like the Nets last year. Like, literally, this team reminds me of the Nets from a year ago, a team that just doesn't look good enough to make the postseason, but they can sneak in. They can sneak in, and they won't do anything in the postseason if they get there, but that's their that's their ceiling. I mean, that is their freaking ceiling. Outside of that, no. I mean, again, this team is getting older when it comes to who they have, um, when it comes to what they're building. It's 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 kind of a hodgepodge of let's see what it'll go. Let's see where it'll go. It's it's like an experiment. This team is an experiment and seeing what will happen, um, and that's kind of what they're up to. And if they can put it everything together again, they could be this year's. 2014, 2015 Atlanta Hawks, but again, if they don't, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mess. And like you said, a hodgepodge, an experiment, you name it. That's just what this team will look like. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log here on CLNS Radio. We're doing our Southeast Division preview, and we're gonna skip we're gonna skip a break. We're gonna talk about the Miami Heat. We're doing four deep after the break today. We're gonna just talk about the Miami Heat and get it over with and get it done with, and then we'll give you some division previews, and then we'll end the show. So the Miami Heat. 
let's just be honest for a second. This team is a four-time, not defending, but four-time Eastern Conference champions, and I understand that all four of those years were when LeBron James was in uniform for the Miami Heat. I get that. Last year they had one guy come in and really step up and come out of nowhere in Hassan Whiteside. This guy really made an impact on the defensive side of the ball last year and became kind of Chris Bosh's Robin. Uh, when Chris Bosh got hurt, Hassan held his own, and he did a fantastic job in improving. If he can come into this year and play anything similar to what he did last year, granted he was unknown last year, now he's coming in known as a player that can step up and be the center that you know the Miami Heat really have been missing since, realistically, Shaq. They haven't had a true center. Out, I mean, Chris Bosh isn't really a true center. He's, he can play center, but he's not a true center. He's really the true center they've been missing for a while. Luol Deng's going to be a free agent next summer. Hopefully that boosts him into improving. Dwayne Wade is at a point in his career where, let's just be honest, he's really a guy who's only going to give you maybe 20 games, 30 games of a full game. He's not going to play a full season for you anymore. His legs are just, He's on his last legs. He's really concerned about money at this point. I mean, if you saw anything about the summer last year, this guy really is more concerned about his bank account than he is about really performing on the basketball court. That's just kind of where he is at his career. He's a good player, still all-star type level, level, but he's only going to give you maybe 30 25% of a season to you because he's just that far down on the health scale. Goran Dragic signed, signed a contract this season to play for this team for a while. He's an outstanding, solid player that can play at the point guard position and give you a difference and a change-up than compared to normal. But the one thing they got that was really shocking, and maybe not shocking, but improvement from a year ago, is Amari Stoudemire. This guy has been stealing money for the last three years in New York, and he hasn't been anything special. But if the guy can come off the bench and not be the focal point, you're talking about a guy that can really give you a solid five, ten minutes of ball game, grabbing some rebounds. He's getting. He, he's not a great player, but he he can give you the type of minutes you need off the bench. He's a free agent next year. He's not going to try and steal money this year because if he is, he's not going to be in the league anymore. It's just that simple. This is his last contract, and if he doesn't outperform and play well off the bench, he's not going to get signed because he proved in New York he couldn't play very well. If he can't play well this year, he's gone. He's not going to be signed on the team, and if he does get signed, it's going to be on a really bad team. Gerald Green, he's got hops. This guy is exciting to watch. I'm excited to watch him play this season. I think he's a solid option off the bench as well, especially when Dwayne Wade doesn't play half the season. I think he can come in and play a solid two-guard for them. Justice Winslow, a steal. Him getting on this team at this point in time in the draft when they had last year is an outstanding pickup for them. He can come in and play and even start some games when the wild dang isn't feeling it or not up to par. Justice Winslow is a fantastic option and a young guy who can give you energy right off the bench. Chris Anderson, part of the old guard again. He's a free agent next year. Mario Chalmers is a free agent next year. Josh McRoberts is on the team for next again for next year. Udonis Haslam is another free agent next year. James Ennis. I feel like this team, and obviously Eric Spolster is in his eighth season. I feel like this team is they have so much potential, but at the same time, they're kind of splitting between the old guard and the new guard. This team is really they're really just they have a lot of lot of factors, health, contracts, their future, potential, the old guard still there, and Chris Anderson and Mario Chalmers, Jonas Haslam, and Dwayne Wade. They're all still there, but it's like it's, it's a good team, and I think they're going to be good this year, especially with Chris Bosh coming back, being healthy. I think they're going to be good. It's just there's a lot of questions when it comes to their future. This year I think they're going to be fine. It's their future that I'm more worried about. What do you think about the Miami Heat coming into this year? Yeah, this just real quick. I'm gonna do kind of like bulletins because you know we gotta get to the uh, division awards for the movie. Okay, first, Hassan Whiteside. 
ceiling was last year. He's not he's not going to touch that, in my opinion. You know, he could still average 10 and 10. ER is going to be nowhere near 26. Second, Justin, Justice Winslow is going to wind up being a writer, in my opinion, right around what a 10th overall pick should be. From what I've got from him, he doesn't love the game. It doesn't seem like he's going to put the work in necessary. Um, Dwayne Wade, who knows if he'll play 50 games, but he's now no longer the best player on the Miami team. Uh, Chris Bosh is now the best player on this team. Uh, Chris Bosh is, is a beast. He, he's gotten he, – he's not lost a step. In fact, he might have gained more since when he started – uh, on the Miami Heat back in 2010, 2011. And now, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but he's fine. Uh, I see this team winning anywhere from 45 to 50 games and a top five seed in the Eastern Conference. It wouldn't oh, shock me if they did that. Real fast, Miami Heat fans, you guys, if you think they're going to challenge for the title, please stop. They're not. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I think that this team can find themselves in the second round of the postseason, and then that's when they'll run into some problems. Um, If they can find a way to eke through and get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's their their ceiling. I mean, they are not not a championship contending team. They are a team that can contend in the Eastern Conference, but that is really about it. Outside of that, that's their ceiling. I mean, if they they can sneak their way into the finals, they're going to get dominated. They're just, just... if they get there, that they're they're not they're not winning the title. It's that simple. I mean, they 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 can find themselves in the Eastern Conference second round, maybe sneak their way into the Eastern Conference Finals. But if they play a LeBron team, they're going to get dominated. If they play if they play a Toronto Raptors team, they're going to get dominated. I mean, there's going to be certain teams that are going to that are just going to outmatch them just just naturally. They're a good team. I, again, it's more of their future that I'm worried about. This year, they can compete. They, I don't think they're going to ch- they're a championship contender, but they can compete. They can compete in the Eastern Conference, and they can get up to a high seed, and they can make a deep run in the postseason. They're just not going to get to the championship. That's just like you said. I mean, and again, there's so many factors, and it's all dependent on what their mindset is, if they can stay healthy, and if they can all gel together. And if they can all gel, again, Eastern Conference championship is the ceiling for this team. Outside of that, they're not going to do much more than that. So that's what we got. What do we got for divisional awards? Let's get them. All right, uh, division MVP. I have John Wall winning that one. What do you got? Ooh, man, you're really gonna John Wall? That's that's a tough one. I'm gonna say John Wall too. You know what? Yeah, I'll go with John Wall. Okay, divisional least valuable player, and I hate I hate to say this, but on a twenty million dollar a year contract, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it to Dwayne Wade. I was actually about to say that Dwayne Wade's going to be the least valuable. If you're going to get paid that much money, you need to at least come out and play 70 games. But we all know his legs are not capable of doing so. Okay. Uh, now division coach of the year, easy one. I think we'll we'll go for a clean sweep here and agree on all three. Mike Bootenholzer. Um, You know what? I'm not going to agree with that. I think Scott Skiles is going to win the division uh, coach of the year. Reason being is this team is going to improve more than I think people think. And if this team can come out on a hot start or get off or or coach well, and if they can sneak their way into the postseason, you're talking about a guy in Scott Skiles that is going to get this team further than I think people think. I don't think they're a a, a playoff team. But if they get near it, I'm telling you, I think Scott Skiles will shock a lot of people, and I think he's going to make a bigger leap than people expect. Okay. All right. Per game leaders, I'm going to shock people with this one. 
points per game leaders, I have Victor Oladipo. He's going to surpass 20 this year, possibly get up to 22-23. Wow, that's pretty good. That's that's a pretty good guess. Honestly, I'm going to take Chris Bosh, and the reason being is I think Chris Bosh had a new perspective of life last year, and honestly, I think this guy's going to come in, and he's going to absolutely dominate at his position, and I think he's going to be the highest-scoring big man in the NBA. I really think so. Okay, rebounds per game. Uh, I know I just knocked him, but I'm still thinking uh, Hassan Whiteside's going to get it. You don't get a lot, a lot of great rebounders in the division. 10, 11 rebounds, I think, will do it. Nah, Nikola Vucevic. I got Nikola Vucevic. I'll even bet money on that, seriously. I think Nikola Vucevic is going to get, like, 14 rebounds a game this year. This guy was a monster last season. Hassan Whiteside was, too, but he came out of nowhere. If he, gets, if he can uh, adjust to the adjustments made on him, yes, I agree, probably, potentially, but Nikola Vucevic has just proven – since last year, that he is a guy that is just a double-double monster. All right, and last but not least, before we go off air here, I'm going to give it to you first. Assist per game, who you got? Woo! There's a lot of good point guards in here. Jeff T., John Wall, Alfred Payton, Gorange Rogers, and Kemba Walker. That's not fair. You can't tell me that's not fair. I can't make the pick. I have to pick John Wall, though. I have to pick John Wall. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple to me, too. John Wall, he's he might lead the league. Uh, I believe he did last year, if I'm not mistaken. So I think I think it's going to go to John Wall. Um, but other than that, we are set here as far as divisional awards go. Uh, make sure, you know, 2K16 giveaway still going. We want you guys to call in. We want you guys to tweet us. We don't want this game in our hands anymore. We want to give it away. Before you take over, big thanks to Leonard for calling in and doing the picks. Going to go enter them into my computer right now. Chris, take it away, man. All right, man. Well, we got about a minute left on the show, and we are done previewing the Eastern Conference. Yes, the Eastern Conference has been previewed. All of it. This episode, Wednesday's episode, Monday's episode. Check them all out, and if you're listening to the podcast, thank you again. Again, the Southeast Division preview. We will do NFL picks every single Friday that we have a show. There will be an NFL picks like we did today. Again, to my co-host Andrew Norris he was here on the show, he did a great job also today uh, if you need to re-listen to the show and re-listen to the 2K giveaway go listen to the previous shows look at the question that we have up on here for it, and if you can answer it tweet it to us, and we'll get you the game again, thank you again for listening, this is the Hooper's Log on CLNS Radio for Andrew and myself thank you again for listening, Andrew, anything else you want to say? Peace! Peace, everybody. Have a great, great weekend. I'm going to be in Vegas for the weekend, so the next show will be Tuesday, October 20th, same time, same place. Have a great weekend.